Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah, and with me, as per usual, is everybody's favorite, super sexy, amazing, wonderful, uh, therapist of the year, Therapy Jeff. I don't know if that's your official title, but I'm giving it to you. And I decided I'm going to introduce you in some hilarious new way every single time. So get ready for, like, that. Oh, I'm ready for that. Yeah, I'm into it. And also, so Sarah, you and I have like a shared Google Doc right now. And I think it's writing, it's typing everything that you're saying. So (laughs) that's really fun. It just, you just, uh, so you can, you never have to forget what you just said. Yeah, it's there. It's in writing. It's there now in our Google Doc. Yeah, AI is listening and recording all the stuff. I'm really happy to see you, though, today. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing well. Uh, I just had a super fun weekend. It was Eli's sister's 50th birthday, and she did a big old party at her house with all the family, and, like, everybody flew in, and they had a DJ and a band and amazing food. And, like, yeah, and the, the family owns a restaurant, so they had food trucks from the restaurant there, and we just partied all night long. And Eli's mom was like the last person to leave the dance floor at like 2 a.m. I'm like, this Whoa. is the most fun family ever, ever. We took family photos that I actually got to be in. I felt oh, honored. Mm-hmm. So it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I'm feeling like, like so fulfilled. It was, it kind of was like, a, you know how like wedding dance floors are just mm. the most fun dance floors mm-hmm. that they're ever could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. this was wedding dance floor vibes mm. and it's just the best that is that that sounds like it's the best it yeah. sounds like you're so like integrated into his family that's yeah. so cute they keep yeah. asking me when when is he going to propose or what's doing his, his mom was like are you working on it and i was like <laughs> i what would you like me to do i was like you want me to propose and she's like yes and i go oh that's so funny i'm just you're just kidding and she goes no i'm not and like does this like mocks me in the exact same tone of voice that i use i'm like that's hilarious you're amazing and so we'll see i'm kind of thinking about maybe i would oh yeah switch it up yeah yeah what do you think about that I mean, I'm into it. I love that. I think it's a good look. I think I like have ideas too of what I would do. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should talk about it offline. I used to have an idea because I don't want you to like spoil. I know. I don't. And uh, there you go. That's all you get, Eli. If you're listening, (laughs) that's all you get. I used to have this idea when I was younger. Where, tell me what you think about this. Yes. Uh, Where me and my sweetie would just be like walking down the beach. And we'd be kind of like alone. It might be like, you know, around sunset or something very beautiful. We're holding hands, looking into the ocean, feeling the, the lovey vibes. And then out of nowhere, these two masked people <gasps> with knives attack us. <gasps> and and they like pin down my my girlfriend so Whoa. she can't move. And then, the, and then I'm fighting with them. And it's very upsetting and scary. And then all of a sudden... The, the the person puts like their knife to my throat and I look at my girlfriend and I'm like will you marry me? <laughs> Some would call that sociopathic. But I so I wanted to kind of get it so it's like these horrible, scary emotions. So we're doing right like transfer to... of arousal situation yeah, yeah. here. Uh-huh, we're gonna like yeah. get it as high as possible and then 
Yeah. Surprise. Like, you think that, like, all of a Talk sudden... Talk about a bait and switch. Uh-huh. You think, I'm going to, like, I'm going to be no more. I'm going to, like, die right in front of you. But no, actually, this is, like, the most amazing, loving moment in your life. Mm. I decided I not mean, to do it. <laughs> this seems like a, that seems like a smart second thought. I yeah. do feel like, you know, you never know who who you're going to be with. And maybe she's, like, I don't know, secret, like, black belt in taekwondo That's the and mm-hmm. yeah and then she takes that knife and stabs him and now you gotta like visit her in jail then there's been murders then yeah yeah and then Could you, you have to imagine deal with that it was all thing. just a, a, a proposal gone wrong yeah god well, we thought those like gender reveals that set, created forest <laughs> fires were bad Exactly. I'm landing people in jail for life sentences. Yeah. That talk about like till death does part. Would it be okay if I found another person to get married to and just be like, well, you're in jail. You're not available to me anymore. So I'm gonna imagine. (laughs) This is hilarious. This sounds like the plot of like an episode of Bob's Burgers or something. It does. Yeah. I did for my for my real life proposal. Oh yeah, you've done this. I have actually done a proposal and I got I like asked my uh when I was like engaged or before I got engaged, I asked my my partner's sister to like help me pick out a ring and we went to this ring shop and I got the ring and and my and my like Sarah was uh is my was her name and Sarah was like, I know that you're going to Paris with Kate. And I have a feeling that you're thinking about asking her to marry you while you're in Paris. And I just want to let you know, she will say no if that's oh. what you do. Do oh. not ask her to too marry cliche. you. It's so fucking cliche. Yeah. You cannot do it, please, for like the love of God. And so I was like, oh, okay. Because I was planning on doing that. I was, gonna, I was just going to go real cliche. I love cliche. I love romance. Cliche or murder? Cliche or murder. I Got love it. both. Yes. Mostly cliche murders is what I was going for. Uh, uh, so, so I didn't did end up. That. Okay. That was, so, that was smart. She would have seen it coming. But it would have been funny if you tied your shoes a lot in Paris. <laughs> exactly. I know. Uh, so we, did, we went to Paris. It was wonderful. And then we came back home. And then like two or three weeks later, I think it was, um, we woke up on a Sunday morning. And whenever we woke up on Sunday mornings, we were just like lay in bed and talk mm-hmm. and be sweet. And while we were doing that, I took out a ring and I said, Aww. will you marry me? And she That's said, sweet. oh, of course. Yeah. And then we got divorced. Yeah. Eight years later. As it sometimes happens. <laughs> uh-huh. But I, it was a very, we spent like a total of 10 years together and it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you do it again, don't use murder or any of, of threats of violence. I'm not going to take any of those suggestions. I you do shouldn't. like the cute little romantic, like wake up one, but you know, maybe off the air, I'll run some ideas by you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to, yeah, I'm not encouraging anyone to do what I thought I wanted. And also I was 23 years old. Like this was like a funny thing to think about. I ditched it when I was like 24 and I started to have real relationships. But like, I do want to do one of those things or have been interested in one of those things where like you pay someone for that experience of like, (laughs) it's almost like, have you seen the movie, the game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're like, is it Michael Douglas who like, doesn't know that he's. It's like all part like of his birthday present, and he's mm-hmm. he's in this big. Oh, spoiler well, I mean, alert, it's it's but. basically like he's being traumatized over and over because he thinks that like people are after him, and mm-hmm. it's all very exciting. You would want to do that. that I don't sounds know. It sounds kind of like fun, like <laughs> you know, or like one where they just like take you and like drop you in the middle of the wilderness, and they're like, "All right, find 
your yeah. way back, that would be up my alley. That would be up your alley. Yeah. I would do that if they like dropped me on a beachfront resort, like have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hang yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will say if I were mm-hmm. to be dropped off in the middle of nowhere with anybody, my brothers are the people that I would pick. God, look at this very professional transition you I know, just made. You this that? is why you're a podcaster. This is why I'm a podcaster, people. Because we're talking about siblings. That's right, we are. We put out the question. We, Jeff, put out the question like, hey, guys, we're doing an episode on siblings. Send us your questions. And you guys did not disappoint. We got Mm-mm. so many responses, so many questions about siblings, sibling relationships, how to navigate those, what to do when we grow up, and. Relationships change and become adults. Oh, yeah. So tell me about your siblings. Okay. I am the oldest. I have two younger brothers. We are all exactly three years apart. Mm. And I am absolutely the parentified child. Mm. I am the one who signed all the permission slips. I am the one who like, well, like did the, like put the lunches together. And like, you know, my mom was a single mom who worked. And so she would go to work real early in the morning because she worked in the film industry. And it was like, all right, Sarah's the parent. And it definitely created relationships where I was kind of the second parent. And it took a long time. And we're still kind of learning how to be friends and have more peer-to-peer relationships. And I've really, really enjoyed that process. Hmm. Good. Yeah. yeah. What are and like you? some of the, well, okay. So we'll get back to you. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. We're going to, I'm going to stick with you. Oh my goodness. I, okay. I, have, I have some other questions. Um, did you like, did you resent your mom for like putting you in that position? I don't know if she like deliberately tried to, but like, that's yeah. how you, um, yeah, I feel like sometimes what I resent is that nobody d- was there to like do it for me. What right. I resent is yeah. like, I, I can remember growing up. This is so sad, but I, I would always pack my own lunches. She taught me how to pack my own lunches when I was real little. And she's like, there you go. You know how to do it now. And I remember in first grade, we would be, all the kids, there was like a thing that the moms were doing where they were all writing little notes and putting Mm -hmm. it in their kids' Mm -hmm. lunchboxes. So I forged a note. I wrote a note. Dear Sarah, have a wonderful day at school. Love, mom. And put it in my own lunchbox. And I got out of lunch like, look what my mom wrote. And so I was writing my own, like, (laughs) That's, like, so sweet and sad. And If if there were ever a sign, she's going to be a therapist or or either be one or need one. Either are. Both. 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 Yeah. yeah. So. Human. Yeah. So there you go. That that's that is that was a little bit yeah. There was and then what about that. what about what about your little brothers? Like, did they sort of like respect you as like this older sibling and like treat you in a way where you felt like you were looked up to like that? Did they not it, like that you were trying to boss them? Or it definitely felt like they had a little team, and I was. Uh, uh, like, oh, don't tell Sarah. Oh, let's keep this from mm-hmm. Sarah. Like, mm-hmm. I was the authority figure. Uh, it kind of felt like they thought I was somehow going to get them in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the fun stuff I was not let in on because somebody mm-hmm. had to make sure the house didn't get burnt down. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. loved lighting fires. One of them is a firefighter now, so it all makes sense. Like, no joke. I had to call the fire department, like, three times when I was with, Wow. you know, my brother's, like, like, 
And they were so good at handling it whenever I did. Like, it's okay. Just shut Uh the oven. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like freaking out. Yes. So I know our episode is all about siblings, but I'll give you a little story. My mom lives in Costa Rica and I, I hate to admit this, but I have been there so many times and guess how much Spanish I speak. You know what? I know one phrase. It's mi español es muy malo, which is my (laughs) my Spanish is very bad. And I am sick and tired of being that tourist who doesn't Mm. know the language because there are so many apps and amazing tools to help with this. And come on, Sarah, it's about time. Come on, Sarah. And you don't even, even if you're, if you're like traveling, traveling abroad and you're trying to, you're in another country that speaks another language, just trying to speak the language to other people, to servers or hosts or people in the hotel or wherever you're staying, like they appreciate it. And Babbel is going to get you there. Not only will you just like kind of try to learn how to learn the language, but you can actually learn the actual language through Babbel because they have 14 different languages, all the classics, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. So this will help you learn your Spanish. Oh, yes. Uh, And they have actual, like, uh, language experts that are teaching you to use a language. So it's not just, like, some fancy AI that actually is a robot and has no soul, but it's (laughs) real people. Who understand real conversations that you actually want to have, not, like, where's the library? I mean, maybe you're studious, maybe you like to go there, but I need to learn something like, can I have another glass of wine? Or... Uh, uh, where's the bathroom, things like that. Or even like, hi, how are you doing? Thanks for the ride in the taxi, whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, They have speech recognition technology also, and it'll it'll help you improve your accent so that you don't sound just like embarrassing, right? Yes. So if you want to learn all these new fancy languages, if you don't want to sound embarrassing, if you want to get taught by actual people and not AI robots, then right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free from me and Sarah. You're welcome. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code TCE. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code TCE. You are welcome. You're going to thank us. And all the people that are around you while you're traveling, they're going to thank us as well. Yeah. If you got like a trip planned six months from now, this is like the thing. Book the flight and learn a language. There you go. There you go. How long has, did you, did you all like sort of like eventually talk about like the different roles that you played in the family and how you were parentified? And when did that discussion start? Yeah. So I think it was the thing that really helped us and the thing, the advice that I want to give anyone who is an oldest child who has the default programming to be the, I don't know, for lack of a term, responsible one or the caretaker caretaker or the, uh, uh, I don't know, like the manager of all things, Mm -hmm. uh, your siblings can help you. Mm. Mm-hmm. let them help. Mm-hmm. When I recognized that there were things that I didn't want to do, didn't want to talk about, didn't want to, you know, have to deal with, I used my little brothers to do some of the jobs that we needed done in our family. And they were so willing to do it. 
and so capable and did it way better than I did without any of the feelings of anxiety or stress or worry that I would put on myself. Mm-hmm. And it showed me that I can rely on them and I don't need to be the one to handle everything. And it made me see them and their capabilities in a new way. And it relieved me of some of the pressure of that role and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know it's hard to do to like, I mean, you're, you're going against programming. Totally. That's why I call it. Like it's your programming that you are like, if I don't do this, people won't be safe. And you right. have to tell yourself they are going to help me make it so everyone's safe and you can feel safe too. And also there's a thing that happens. So if you have siblings, a lot of times like, um, the kids will figure out how to get attention in their own unique ways. So if you're yes. the like parentified one, then you're like, okay, I need to be like the responsible one that's managing everything and taking care of everybody. But if your little brothers decided, like if one of your little brothers was like, I'm going to be the parent too, then all of a sudden they're competing with you. And now mm-hmm. like 50% of the like attention will go to you and 50% will go to them. And instead they want to try to get a hundred percent in a unique way. So they might be like, I'm going to be the athlete or I'm going to be the smart one. Or I'm going to be the funny one. Like we all try to figure out which way to go in order to get all the attention because getting attention is literally like survival. Like, yes. like we need our parents there, especially when we're little infant babies to survive. And then we need them to like emotionally survive and to feel like we're unique and important and special and cute or whatever. Like, so we have to like figure out these little ways. So if you're like, I'm going to go ahead and try to ask my brothers to step it up. That's also you being like, now you're getting them to compete with you. You've probably subconsciously, right? Wow. Because like, there's a part of you that wants to stay the parentified kid and not have yeah. anybody take that mantle from you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real adult decision <laughs> or, you know, mature decision when yeah. you're like, I'm going to share this load. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was so nice. Yeah. And I, I think it, 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 it would have been competitive if I had done that younger. I could absolutely mm-hmm. see how if I... Even like gave hosting a, a, I don't know, Christmas to a sibling that in mm. my mind, I would have been like, I would have done a bit, which is so, if you're listening brothers, which they're not, yeah, right. They want like, <laughs> they want to hear their sister talk about, yeah. give advice. Uh, like we had years of that. We're yeah, good. They're, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. Uh, uh, yeah. Like I feel like I would have been more competitive in that. Like I would have had a little feeling of like, I would have done this better. I would have done it different. Yeah. Of course. Now I am like, mm-hmm. you, I see them as adults. I see them in, in, I don't know, like a different light. I will say this. What do you think about this? Hmm. My little brother has been dating Which this little woman. Brother? Uh, the youngest one. He's a firefighter. He's 30. Mm-hmm. This is the one who I would say of all of us is like the most adult and the most, like he owns his house. He's like thinking of buying another one. He's had the Mm -hmm. same job forever. He's very responsible, has the best schedule, like routine. Mm -hmm. He is not, he doesn't have ADHD. Ugh, the (sighs) only member of the family. We're all really jealous of that. Uh, He has not introduced me to his girlfriend that he has been dating for like, over a year. Oh, maybe okay. like eight months, <laughs> eight months to over a year. It's a yeah. substantial, it's a real relationship, a, a real relationship. And yeah. my other brother and I were talking, we're like, 
And he was like, oh, I wonder if there's something wrong with her. He doesn't want to bring her around. And I was like, Jordan, I wonder if there's something wrong with us. And he doesn't want to bring her around. So Has, has the other brother also not met? No, none of oh, us have. None of us. Oh. I know. Yeah, that's a little sus. There's something going on there. I, and yeah, it could be you. It could be all him. <laughs> I mean, it's probably him projecting a bunch of bullshit onto this. Yeah. Or has he? Yeah, does he never? Uh, I've never. I've only met one oh, of his never. girlfriends. Only one. He had like a long-term girlfriend that he met. This is real cute. They met when he won. They both won best dressed in junior high, which, oh. by the way, should be my award because I picked out his outfit every morning and he's colorblind. So that is my award for best dressed seventh grader eighth grader thank you (laughs) boy but he met his girlfriend there and they were together for like years and so he's only had like one other maybe he's had a few other ones but i never met any of these his girlfriends what the hell i know yeah that's weird that's weird there's something hard to have like a sister who's been on like tv Mm. for a long time i don't know maybe it might i talk a lot (laughs) you do talk a lot um Yeah, I want to, like, dig into that. Were you, did you feel, um, since he's not listening, did you feel less close to the brother that was, like, what was he, six years away from you? Yeah. Compared to the, because there's, like, some funny, funny, interesting research, whatever. Yeah. There was research when I was in grad school where, like, if you're over five years apart from your sibling, they're not going to have the same effect that a sibling that is like closer in age is going to have on you. So maybe there's, I think there is a little bit of that because it Mm -hmm. does feel like even when I'm going to one of them for advice, my middle brother is, is the one that I kind of Mm -hmm. lean on for that Mm -hmm. or feel like I can be a little more vulnerable with in a way. Yeah. You're just like a little too far apart sometimes developmentally or grade wise or intellectually or emotionally or something where there isn't always, there's kind of a, there's, there's something missing. And then in that connection. So if, if you're listening and you have a sibling that's five or more years apart, then don't feel bad about not feeling super connected with them. That's just sort of biologically what happens to us. Interesting. Well, before we answer any more questions, let's talk a little bit about one of my favorite sponsors. I am all about building a routine. I need all the support I can get. And I've also learned in my adult life that I am depleted in many categories of vitamins and nutrition and all that stuff. So I need a daily vitamin. I need something that's like catered to my very specific needs. I need something that's like physician backed and, uh, something that's easy and I can use on the go. And the answer that I go to is care of vitamins. They are fantastic. Personalized vitamin supplements and powders conveniently delivered to your door every single month. Yes, it's perfect. I hoard all of the powders and I put them in my smoothie because I drink a smoothie every morning. I'm that guy. Uh, And so it's just like the easiest, most simple thing I can do. And it gives me this nice little, personally, I feel like I'm getting boosted throughout the rest of the day. And I feel good that I'm like making sure that I'm getting all the vitamins that I don't naturally collect normally through my like typical routine of eating. Yeah. I love that collagen powder. I put it in Mm. my coffee like mm-hmm. it's like you know you got this old skin over here i need all the collagen support i can get pump this baby back up so i put that in my coffee it's just like you know my creamer and 
I know with building good habits, you have to have a cue and then the action and then the reward. So my cue is the cup of coffee I drink every morning, put my little like care of collagen powder in it. My action is the drinking the powder and putting it in there. And my reward is feeling fantastic and the nice buzz I get from my coffee. So there you go. <laughs> That is perfect. <laughs> and one of the best parts is you take that little short in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and it pumps out this personalized doctor-backed recommendation. And you shouldn't just take the quiz once. You should take the quiz whenever you're like making life changes or your lifestyle is changing, Ooh, or you yeah, want to like, switch things point. up to add different vitamins. So you can, I take it every six months in order to figure out like what vitamins are best for me. Yeah, even seasonally the things change in each exactly other. very good point jeff mm-hmm. yeah Smart. so for 50 percent off your first care of order you can go to takecareof.com and enter the code this changes 50 that's 50 percent off for your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter code this changes 50 My bar is like anything over 20 I get stoked about. 25, Mm -hmm. really good. 40, oh my God, I'm in. 50%? I mean, it's like practically free. Practically free. Not really, but practically. It's 50% there. (laughs) Okay, now let's switch it over. What about you? It's time to hear a little bit about the breakdown in your family. Yeah, I told you right before we started recording this podcast, I'm going to do my best not to get like triggered or take it over. Uh, I have lots of feelings, but I have a sister and she is a full sister who is three and a half years older than me. And I have a little tiny half brother who is 11 years younger than me. Wow. Um, Yeah. So he, but I love him. I think he's amazing. He's really cute. He's really sweet. He's really smart. I like him a lot because he's a lot like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's part of the reason. Um, there's just like sort of like more to identify with, you know, when they were, when Apple was announcing that like ridiculous new like VR headset. Oh, yeah. Me and Zach were like texting back and forth trying to encourage each other to like, get the headset because we don't want to buy it, but I want him to buy it so that I can like play with it because it's there's absolutely no reason anyone should buy that, but I hope everybody buys it yeah. so that I can like get access to it. <laughs> um, so, so like I, more things yeah. to connect on. Then. More things to connect on. However, he is 11 years younger than me. Uh, Do you feel like a mentor like or like some kind of like what's the the... Yeah, that was the vibe too. So when we were growing up, he really looked up to me. So I liked all this sort of like punky, pop punky music. And I like dressed in a certain way and painted my nails. And so he started to do that when he was like six, seven and eight. And it was very adorable. Oh my gosh, that's really cute. You're like the cool older brother. Right? Yeah. And he's like, he got into technology and, cool and design. To teach him too. Yeah. Cause I was into technology and design. So like, so there was, there's like, there's a very like nice sweet link there however mm-hmm. i mostly grew up with my sister who is three years old but she was the kind of sister who or she was the kind of sibling i guess who was just like 
get the fuck out of here, Jeff. You are super annoying. I don't know why you want to hang out with me. Like, these are my friends. These are not your friends. She would, like, yell to our mom if I was, like, bothering her too much because I was playing with her and my cousins and we were building, like, pillow forts, and she didn't want me to be there. So she was, like, constantly, like, pushing me away, rejecting me. And she was also a girl who was, like, three or four years older than me. And she so she, like, developed her emotional capacity. Uh-huh sooner than i did and there was just or there's already kind of like a gap there when it comes to girls and boys typically emotionally developing so she was like really she easily made me feel really bad about myself she would like make fun of me and when she didn't want me around she would make me feel bad so she just sort of like bullied me and it was this weird experience of like wanting to be close with my older sister Mm -hmm. but feeling rejected all the time and when it came down to it we really didn't have that much in common like it's it hard just, to connect when you don't, especially when you're younger. There was nothing there. We like I wanted her to be this older sibling that passed down like music recommendations. Mm. She wasn't into music. I wanted her to like go to my baseball games. She was like, "This is fucking boring," which it was. Um, you know, like I wanted yeah, her to like do all still, this stuff. You, know, you want to have the support? Yeah. So that just didn't happen, and then. So, like, that was, we were, like, pretty distant, kind of isolated. I felt bullied. I tried to connect, but I wasn't there. So, I was just like, eh, this, like, sucks. And I would imagine the more you feel rejected, the more you try to reach out and try to, like, as a child, at least. Right. Yes. You. And I was hoping for my parents. Try different ways through the, to get in. I wanted my parents to do something about it. Like, I wanted my parents to, like, Mm. make us be nice to each other or hang out or something. But, like, my parents were always dealing with some crisis that was going on in their lives. So they weren't really paying that close of attention to me and my sister. Um, So we just kind of like grew apart. I eventually kind of became resentful of her and I would try to be, I was like the annoying little brother because I was the only way I knew how to get her attention. I would annoy her. I try to get her in trouble. I would bite my arm and go to my mom and be like, look at these bite marks. Classic younger child. Yeah, exactly. And so she, so my sister would identify with like the type of child that you are, where she was like the oldest girl that was parentified. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did not want to play that role until all of a sudden she did. So then like when I was 14, and she had gone off to college. I was starting high school. She went off to college up into Northern California. We lived in Southern California. That's when, like, all the shit hit the fan. And my parents became drug addicts. So okay. then, yeah. So that was, like, a really big shift and a mm-hmm. lot of trauma. And then she was like, now I'll be here for you. Okay. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> like, okay, let's try to do this together. Do you mean be here for you or be here for the situation? Well, she was, well, that's a good question. Because if you ask her, yeah. she's like, I was there. I wanted to make that decision to change colleges and be there for you. Um, but really, she was, she was also worried about my mom. And my, we had a stepdad that we didn't really like, so we weren't like worried about him. But my mom was a drug addict, and she was really in, concerned. We're all really I didn't concerned. Know that. That's so tough, Jeff. So all through high school was like my parents were drug addicts, and me and my sister were trying to kind of like navigate it and keep it hidden and not tell anybody about it. And this really bonded us. I would imagine that's and like- I yeah I finally got the attention and the connection that I wanted. However, it, I didn't like her playing the mom role. 
I, and so I was just well, like, well, because you wanted mom I just wanted, to do that. I wanted mom to be mom, yeah. and I wanted my sister to be my sister. But my sister yes. was like, no, I'm going to be the mom because we don't have a, a functioning. Which only mom. reinforces how mom exactly. is not functioning, which is exactly even more traumatizing. Yes, Ugh, so absolutely. It got so oh, screwy. So yeah, it was really tough. And then finally, after like the four years, my the parents get clean and things start to like calm down, but it had caused so much trauma, but it brought me and my sister together and we were like close afterwards, but we never were able to kind of like, (laughs) I was never able to talk to her about like, so thank you for being there for me and doing this together. I do not like this relationship though. It still feels parentified. It still feels, but I just want you to be my peer. I just want you to be my sibling um, and she was like, you're not acknowledging all the sacrifice that I made for you and everything mm-hmm. that I've done to like be here for you. And I'm like, I am. And also, can we shift our fucking relationship? I can't stand it. I don't like what it was. I don't want it to like continue this way. And because we have like very different narratives and understandings and stories of like that time, it just sort of like we got into fights about it more and more and more, more fights. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, we haven't talked, we haven't spoken for over a year, but like we were trying to like work it out for the past 20 years and it only sort of like drove us even further apart. And that's when we were also like discovering that like we have different personalities, we have different values, we're different people, um, yada, yada, yada. So now like the relationship with my sister is very fraught. I don't like her. She doesn't like me. Uh, I think we both think we're very like unlikable. Can you believe that someone thinks I'm unlikable? You would believe it if you were my sister, though. I'm a little turd, <laughs> which maybe you would believe. Uh, so yeah, so like I we got it's so hard for family to get past how they view us at specific oh ages, and I not know. like the growth or or the yeah yeah. It takes a lot. I interestingly, I also. Uh, I'm trying to like think of too much if I'm doing too much self-disclosure, but there's no people love it. I love it. Bring it on. I mean, I went to feel comfortable. Yeah. Well, I I went to family therapy with my sister. So it was like, it was just sibling therapy, which was great. People don't know that you could do that. Mm -hmm. If you guys listening, you can go to therapy with whomever you like Mm -hmm. your friends, your, uh, uh, roommate, your parents, your siblings, your yeah. whatever. Bring them all in. Bring yes. them all. And your sibling yes. relationship is so weird. <laughs> yes. Like, they are, they can be like, your sibling can be like this sort of like ride or die. That's always there for you. They're like, they're there. So like your parents, your parent relationship, usually like they're there at the beginning. Right. But it's sort of like ends too soon or something or just like you grow out of that relationship yes. and then you're the the person maybe that you marry or you spend the rest of your life with they show up too late usually but like we love them for the rest of our lives but the sibling is there the whole time so it's this very unique special relationship that could be like life-changing and amazing and special but if it goes sideways mm-hmm. it gets real weird and so i went to family therapy with mm-hmm. her and She was getting what she needed out of it, which was nice for her. And then when it shifted into like, can I get what I want out of it? She's like, no, I'm good. And I don't want to like do the work (laughs) in order for you to get what you need. And then it just sort of like ended. And that was like when we stopped talking to each other. So, well, I think you highlighted something 
really important. So a lot of the questions that we got were around, like, how can I repair the relationship with my sibling from childhood? What can we do if there's been, uh, you know, problems in the past and how can we move past this? There is only so much that we as individuals can do mm-hmm. and you can show up. And I always say this in couples in in any relationship that if you bring the best version of yourself to the table and you show up as like the best brother you can be in those therapy sessions, that is the most that you can mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. And when we show up as the best version of ourselves and give, you know, that energy to putting the work in, we hope that that energy is matched and in a healthy relationship where both people are able, like able to do so that will happen. But mm-hmm. if one person isn't able to do so or not ready, then it gives you the information you need about where mm-hmm. things may go next or, or even like how much energy to continue mm-hmm. giving that because right. to, pour into a cup that has holes in the bottom <laughs> feels a little pointless it does. after a while. And it is okay to mm, recognize when you need that break. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, I have the answer to every single one of your money questions. Like, and all your so, money needs. What is the answer? Please tell me. This is no joke. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite subscriptions or, or, or what the heck are they called? Sponsors we've ever had. And it is the one that I use every single day, multiple times a day. I check this and we're talking about rocket money. I absolutely love being in control of my finances. Now that was something that I felt very out of control of for a long time. When I was married, I didn't even know how much money we made a month. I knew nothing about my finances. Somebody else did that. And when I got divorced, I felt like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to relearn like financial literacy and how to, how to manage and balance budgets, all this stuff. 10 years, I didn't do it. And it is so helpful to have something that's like, Hey, Big spend, big purchase over here. Was this you? Or, uh, P.S., your subscription price just went up. Would you like to still have that? It is like having a financial advisor in my phone. It's the best. Yeah, this is for everybody, honestly. But I feel like it's specifically for those people that are kind of like you and me who feel anxious logging in into their bank account app and looking through all of the spending that they're doing. And you just sort of like avoid it because you don't want to deal with it. But now Rocket Money will do it for you. (laughs) They will go in there. You don't have to feel anxious about it. And they'll send you sweet little gentle messages like checking in with you to see how you're feeling about it. Rocket Money, it's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place and i have so many subscriptions <laughs> i have a ridiculous amount of subscriptions i just got charged this morning for a subscription almost got charged this morning for a subscription rocket money was like you okay with this uh-huh. what do you want to do with this yeah. and I, the best part about it yes is that you can just click the cancel button i don't have they to do like it. call them and get on customer service it's all done for me yes it's the mm-hmm. best yeah, it's the best. So stop throwing away your money, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way, the Sarah way, yes. by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That is rocketmoney.com slash TCE. 
One more time for the people in the back. It's rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Yeah, it becomes like a game. They've gamified (laughs) me saving and making money. What? We love it for you. Mm Mm-hmm. The first question that I have here that we got is, how can my sister and I feel so different about our childhood when we were raised the same way and are only three years apart? So this is basically my childhood. Like, we were raised the same way. We're only three years apart. However, the one of the big differences is that I grew up with an older sister that, like, takes up mm-hmm. a lot of energy in the room. She grew up with a little brother that kind of fucking hated her because he felt rejected by her all the time. That's a huge different difference. She got different parents than I did because she was the oldest, so she got this very specific attention when nobody was around. She got them when they were more fresh and excited and mm-hmm. sort of like financially in a different position and more open to like being parents. And then my, I came along when my parents were like, felt like they were pressed for money and they were going back to school and they couldn't give as much attention. And I was a boy and it was difficult for my like mom to figure out how to like connect with a boy. And my dad was just like, never really that great of connecting anyways. So I felt like more alone and isolated. So I, I had, so, and there's like a million like reasons why we had really different childhoods, even though we grew up in the same house with the same parents and had like a lot of similar experiences. So it's okay. (laughs) And it's to be expected that you're going to have very different understandings. Absolutely. You know, there was a lot of trauma in my childhood growing up and as a way to almost protect my brothers from that, I wasn't open with a lot of the details Mm -hmm. or a lot of the things that happened. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until they were adults and came to me and asked, like, I really need to know what happened that Mm -hmm. I even told them, which created a very different reality of what that childhood was like and what Mm -hmm. our, our relationship with each parent was like. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that like understood that, uh, you know, I, I, it's gotta be really hard if you are the male child and your sister discloses sexual abuse from Mm -hmm. her father. Like Mm -hmm. that would be so heavy of like, am I going to be that kind of dad? Mm -hmm. Did this happen to me? There's so many layers to that. I, even as a child did not want to burden them with that and couldn't tell them anything. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was easier for me to go on national television uh, and talk about it on MTV. I don't even know. Is MTV national television? Maybe. What else? Sure. We'll call it that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, whatever it is. Go on cable television <laughs> and talk about it to roommates and strangers than it was to talk about. It wasn't until I remember exactly where it was. It wasn't until I was married and way off of the show that my brothers even opened up the door to that conversation. So we had totally different realities and understandings of what kind of childhood we had and Mm-hmm. Oh, it was kind of the only way that felt safe to. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's so difficult to like integrate mm-hmm. <laughs> for them to integrate that information. I mean, it's yes. more difficult for you to go through that experience and then to figure out like how you're going to talk to them or if you're yeah. going to talk to them about it. But then for like, that's just sort of like, that's world changing totally. kind of information that you're yeah. giving them. Yeah. And when you go through it, there's this 
Oh yeah. I, I mean, even as a child, like my mom put me in therapy, like I needed, there's this obvious, like you need support thing, Mm -hmm. you know, even then Mm -hmm. I think the understanding that that affects more than just the person who was like the immediate victim is maybe even like a new, newer thing or newer idea. And I, I think that they wouldn't have had the, the support that they mm-hmm. should have mm-hmm. if they knew those things that went on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It would be world changing and mm-hmm. really impactful. And so, yeah. yeah, different childhoods. Yeah. That is very normal. Very Even regular. with a lot of abuse, it can be like that where uh-huh. one child gets targeted, mm-hmm. where another child is forced to participate. Like this is, you know, we're talking about like the, the stuff that I hope is less common and, but mm-hmm. can really cause some uh, uh, difficult um, tears in the fabric of that sibling relationship that can be really hard to repair, but mm-hmm. not impossible. Not impossible. And if you can repair it, then there's like a lot of reward there to have oh, that really close relationship. So much. Now I'm closer to my brothers than ever. We are like... And I got to say, it's it. a lot of this is thanks to Eli, who is really close mm. with his family. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry if I talk about it. My family, like, wasn't close until I saw a close family modeled. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want that. And mm-hmm. then he created a group chat with, like, a group text <laughs> message with all of us. Aww. And now we, like, hang out all the time. And it helps that we're all in the same state now. But mm-hmm. it is really hard. So give it time, people. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Ugh. This is just going to be an emotional episode. What isn't? <laughs> it's true, though. Like these are like these can be incredibly special relationships, mm-hmm. and I feel thankful that I have a good relationship with my little brother. And I feel kind of devastated and sad and angry and frustrated and confused that I that I don't have a close relationship with my sister. And it's it also it's just like ugh, it just feels weirdly embarrassing i don't know mm. to like not be close with my sister there's the the sort of like i'm a i should be close with all the people in my family because i'm a therapist and that is that is seen as like emotional health. i know that's bullshit I yeah you're, you're already it, if yeah. you guys are listening but if you could see my face it's giving him the <laughs> right. come on like now. are you kidding me you yeah. need to that's let's change that faulty yeah. belief challenge that one thank you yes Okay, let's take a quick break. I'm going to hate talking about this because it's going to make me super, super hungry. Mm-hmm. I know it. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about one of our favorite go-to, like, quick meal solutions. Jeff and I are both therapists, and therapists sometimes can have, like, weird hours because – I don't know about you, Jeff, but I take sessions later in the evening after people are off work. And my desire to cook or do anything after mm-hmm. that – is about zero. And then when I have breaks in between sessions, it's like 10 minutes. What can I do in that time? Thank goodness I use Daily Harvest and it is fantastic. Yes. Every therapist that is listening to this episode needs to log on and get Daily Harvest. It's uh, And also the non-therapist. Just like anybody who's this is just like super therapist alive. But yeah, all the therapists. And because it, just like you're saying, I only like leave 10, yeah. maybe 15 minutes between sessions or whatever. So I have to quickly. And so yesterday I was in this predicament where I had session after session after session. But I knew that I had it 
frozen daily harvest bowl in my freezer. It was yummy. It was rice and broccoli and avocado. And I just put it in my little, on my stovetop, put a few like ounces of water in there or tablespoons of water, heat it up for like three, four minutes. And then I had a delicious meal in between clients. And then this morning I woke up and I had my smoothie. You know, you all know Mm -hmm. I love my smoothies, Mm -hmm. but they have these like frozen little globs <laughs> that's packed not just yeah. with fruit but with like all the stuff that you need so that like when superfoods. i superfoods all the superfoods yes so it's the first time i had a smoothie where at the end of the smoothie i was like i'm full i'm oh, like not gonna nice. need a, a mid-morning snack after this and, and i'm not full in a gross way i'm just like a full in a satisfied. energized satisfied way yes. yes we love 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 daily harvest and we think that you'll love it as well yeah, I can't spend a second like thinking or mm. chopping or or Ugh. deciding or oh. after sessions at the end of the day, I'm like there's no brain power left. Mm-mm. Just give me the good stuff. And yes. there we yeah. go. Yeah. It's not uncommon for me to eat at least two meals a day with Daily Harvest. So if you want to eat delicious, nourishing, and easy-to-prep meals that has never been easier, go to Daily Harvest. That's dailyharvest.com slash TCE to get up to $65 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash TCE for up to $65 off your first box. One more time, dailyharvest.com slash TCE. You will thank us. And so let's go through some more of these questions. Another yes. question is, why does everything have to be a competition between siblings? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to blame my mom for this because I think mm. she used competition to mm. get us to do things, like get things done. She turned mm. every first one to clean their room is the winner. That first one to totally. the, everything was a competition. And it created this. Yeah, this this competitiveness, and then it's really shitty that I was like a, I did really well in school, and I was like the brainy child who got, and it came easy, blah blah blah, and my middle brother was undiagnosed ADHD and mm. on the spectrum now has been diagnosed. Like mm-hmm. he was not getting the support he needed. Everything was challenging. He, he couldn't sit still because of the way his socks felt in his shoes and nobody was understanding of that. And mm. so he, it created this like, like competition that he, he's like never winning, which then affected our relationship. So, ugh. It's hard. Yeah, I feel like that's a very normal. I don't know if that was like normal for eighties and nineties or if that's yeah. still a thing today of like creating competition to get your kids to do something. Don't do that. Parents, <laughs> unless you want your children on reality competition shows as adults, <laughs> right. that's what cre- that creates. Just yeah, t- putting it out there. Them. Right. There's um, a PSA. There's also, like I was sort of saying in the beginning, like there's, we, kids find ways in order to get attention, love, and respect, or to be seen by their parents. So there's just sort of like, there's only so much resource, like love, it feels like there's only so much like love resources going around. And so you're automatically competing. And in in the like... You're competing for that love, aren't you? are competing for that love. So you're set up to compete with each other. And this happens in the like animal kingdom. Like those cute little piggies are like biting each other when they're babies because they're trying to get the attention. They're trying to get the food. 
like yes. little uh, cute eagles are being born. And when they're born, they have to fight each other to see who's the strongest because the weak ones won't survive because you want to get the attention and the care and the food from your parents. So yeah. there's that is just, totally that it's just ingrained, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's got to teach us something and be helpful in some way. Oh, you're like trying to figure out like evolutionarily. Yeah. I mean, the strongest survive, right? Like if you can like beat your sibling to get attention or love or food or resources or whatever it is, then you'll thrive maybe better in the, when you're the second one, the one who, who gets beat comes up with a new strategy to get. That's the thing is Uh that that's like those like middle or younger siblings. They have to be like, okay, I'm going to be the funny one. then. if I'm not as strong or if I'm not as smart as the older one is because they have a head start, then I'm going to be like a little coy, a little sneaky and I'm kind Mm -hmm. of like different or alternative or something. Or I might be bad or angry or frustrated or something. I'm going to act out in order to get some sort of attention here because it's going to my other siblings. Do you have a, a move for getting attention from the parents? What was your thing? What got <laughs> was, you the attention? Well, unfortunately... We all know it was my good grades, so... Mm-hmm. It was your good grades. And my sister was is so good at getting attention. Um, like, she's... She's, you know, she's trying to be, she's always wanted to be an actor, a stand-up comedian. Like, she wants to be in the spotlight. So she was always, like, putting on skits. And she has really big energy that takes up the entire room. So I was always trying to figure out, like, how to compete with that. So I was like, I'll be the good, quiet one that follows all the rules. That didn't work. Or I'll be, like, the athlete because she's not athletic. Baseball, got it, That worked with my dad, but it didn't work with my mom. There was, like... So there, this, it became this thing where I was like trying to get attention from my mother, but my sister and my mom had this incredibly close, some might say codependent and enmeshed relationship <laughs> that, that I could not penetrate. Um, so that it's, so it's not even, it's easy to be mad I'm gonna at my sister. I'm going to go ahead and write that word enmeshed down as my therapy terms to define, because that <laughs> is a good one. You just reminded me. That is me. a good one. Okay. Continue. Uh, I want to be mad at my sister because she's such an easy target. She's like such a fucking clown. Um, She would call me the same. Uh, But it's really like my parents' fault who didn't like mitigate this better. Like the parents should be able to be like, oh, I see competition going on. I'm going to praise my kids for all the same stuff and their unique things so that they don't feel like there's like not enough love or attention to go around. Right. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It is my brothers. Definitely. We all tried different ways. Like, and I kind of took, I'm like, I was like the loud one. The, and ugh, my little brother is the funny one. Mm. And, but he's also the quiet one. So mm. he would say, it's so messed up of me. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a horrible person for this. I get okay, it. Let's see. We would be at any like family gathering or whatever. And I'd always sit next to him and he, cause the oldest child helping the youngest child. Sure, sure. And, you know, we'd all be like sitting at like Thanksgiving table and somebody would say something and then Lucas would make a joke and he'd say it quiet that nobody else heard or laughed. And then I would take it, say it five minutes later louder and everybody would laugh. And he'd look at me with the saddest look like, really? Like, why would you steal my joke? I still do it. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Write that down for the podcast. He's where I get so much of my material. He's the funniest one. Both of my uh, brothers are freaking hilarious. I am definitely the least funny of the siblings now as an adult. They are so funny. 
So they yeah. need to they need to put that material out there. If they're like letting it hang out there and you're taking it, that's their fault. Right. Like, they need to that's be I'm like, mm-hmm, there you go. Yeah. They should have learned by now that you're gonna steal their material they as should. well. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's 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 okay, quit. Let's, let's go going. to some of these, should we? We'll just Which, talk about our what's, own family. What's another <laughs> what's another question we should ask? Oh, Are this you... one's a great one. Should adult children equally share the emotional and physical responsibility of taking care of aging parents? Ugh, God. It's so hard not to answer this in a personal way. I'm going to try to, like, put my shit yeah. away. Because a lot of times, like, it's it's going to depend on what culture you're living in also. Where, like, some cultures are, like, the eldest son oh, or the really oldest point. Yes. daughter. Or you're expected to all split it evenly. So there's, like, sort of, like, these... And, I, and I'm not like, we're not, I'm not trying to judge any of the cultures mm-hmm. or to say that one is right more than the other, but like check in with your culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. what, what is expected of you? And then ask yourself, like, if that resonates with you, um, it's, but if this is, uh, this is the, the problem with this question Mm-hmm. is that we're going to be like, I think it's typical for a kid to be like, well, what did you do for me? What did, like, how much love did you give to my sibling? Well, then they should be the one that's taking care of you. Oh. Or one sibling might have more money than the other sibling. So it's like, well, then since resources. you have more money, like it's, yeah. it's, it's up to resources. Mm-hmm. So I'd love this to be like a really simple yes or no. You should all be equal mm-hmm. or you don't have to be equal. Mm-hmm. But there's so many variables here that I'm not sure what the best answer is. All right, before we dive into our next question, I have to take a moment and tell you guys a little bit about what I have been using that has totally taken over my morning routine, and I am so happy, and I am talking about Athletic Greens. If you guys are not on the green drink uh, train, like, what are you waiting for? Athletic Greens is everything you need. I take it literally every single day. It is all about, like, helping your gut health, giving you, like, the vitamins and supplements that you need, and... I need to just like get it in my system and get it over with in the morning. It has become part of my daily routine. I am getting so many comments of people saying, what are you doing for your skin? Your skin is looking so amazing. And I'm telling you, I really do think that it has got to be the nutrients and vitamins and all the good stuff that I'm getting from athletic greens. Cause that's the only thing I have added to my routine And I'm seeing a whole bunch of difference. So if you want to take ownership of your health today and maybe have some fantastic skin as well, uh, today is a good time to start. So Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D. Yes, free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash TCE. That's athleticgreens.com slash TCE and check it out. Get on the green drink train. You guys will thank me when it is in your system and you have like tons of energy and glow and skin as a result. The end. So I'll tell you a little story from my own life. Mm -hmm. Uh, About a year, a little over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, my mom, I got a call. Uh, This was three days before I was scheduled to move to Denver. Mm -hmm. I had the movers coming the next morning. Everything is boxed up and ready to go. And I get three phone calls in a row from my mom's cell phone while I'm in the middle of a session at night on, I think it's like December 16th or something like that. I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck? 
so there must be something like why who calls me three times in a row and then another number called me so i answered and it was my mom's friend who said my mom had a very bad accident she was she got locked out she lives in costa rica and she got locked out of her apartment they changed like a gate code to get in every week and she didn't want to wait for the security guard to give her a new code so being the rock climbing family that we are she Climb scales the side of the building and climbs oh. up the trellis. And it you have to like walk over this ledge where it goes down into a, a the the ground level goes into a parking lot, underground parking lot. So it goes from being one story to two stories. You have to like walk over where the underground garage is. So she's like about twenty or so feet off the ground. She slips and she falls. Uh, and no. she land she falls twenty something feet onto straight concrete and they said that she landed like in a tippy toe position she oh. broke everything she broke <sighs> her legs she broke her femur she she had to have uh, uh stitches like she's uh ripped her eyelid open she fractured her cheek she like her pelt everything <sighs> was broken she was in the hospital for um like a month she was wow. not going to be able to take care of herself so i get this call one brother's on call you know, he's the firefighter. He's doing his thing. The other brother's in school. He's like, you know, th this is my brother, middle brother. Like he's mm -hmm. been working his whole life to have a routine and have stability. And to that, he's not going to go. Mm -hmm. I'm like the therapist who works telehealth and, mm -hmm. and has podcast material that can pick up and go. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, got my stuff, you know, mm -hmm. up to Denver and, Chain put through all had the movers move everything into storage. I didn't even go to Denver first. Move everything into storage, and I got on a plane and I went down to Costa Rica. And I was my mom's caregiver. Like she was in a wow. wheelchair, like she couldn't move. I was taking her, carrying her to the bathroom. I slept in the on uh, you know the couch mm -hmm. next to her, like meds, mm -hmm. all, the whole thing, the changing the diapers. It was like she was. Wow. Oh, it, she wow. had major surgeries. Like she was could not stand up like both legs are in a cast she could not stand up even put any weight on her heels for oh, broke her elbow mm. everything was cast it was mm. like it's insane that she is not paralyzed mm -hmm. i thought that i was like for sure this is the rest of my life i am now officially mm. a caregiver for my mother the whole thing so promise i'm getting back to the sibling thing. okay <laughs> uh this is when I realized this was my lesson in utilizing my siblings for what they're good at. The thing that I was the most stressed out about, like I was able to be there for my mom, take care of her. And I could do that. I mean, it's stressful, but, but the thing that I do not want to do is I do not want to deal with the, the financial stuff, the bills. Like we had to then call my aunt to then have like, because oh, in Costa Rica, you have to pay for it, the surgery in cash before the insurance company Ugh. repays you. Uh -huh. So I, none of us had that kind of money floating around. So we have to call my other relative and say like, it was a whole thing. I didn't want to make any of those phone calls because the last thing I like doing mm -hmm. is like asking for financial support in any mm -hmm. way. So I asked my brother who doesn't care about that at all. And mm. I, I divvied up the responsibility. I allowed my brothers to use the skills that they had to help me out. And we each were able to provide support for our mom when she needed it in different ways that made it. I mean, I will say like, I told them you guys are buying dinner for the next fucking 10 years because I went down there. <laughs> right. So yeah. just so you know, that's how that goes. Uh, -huh. uh but uh, 
if you find you're in a situation where you have to be like the, the caregiver, see if there are other ways. Maybe somebody is really good at uh, connecting to resources and getting you guys maybe outside support. There are a whole bunch of like, uh, um, you know, like aging and like elderly care services mm -hmm. that maybe you have somebody who's like a really good at creating a schedule or really good at handling, uh, getting a regular grocery thing, like use mm -hmm. each sibling for their skills and try to create more balance there. But I don't think it all has to fall on one. No, I don't think it does either. And I, I think you're right that like use the skills that you all have and, and, and maybe also give up on trying to make it all evenly split 50, 50 right. or 33, 33, 33. Like that's just right. not realistic. No. Hopefully maybe over the years it'll kind of balance out. Um, but it's not going to feel fair. So if somebody feels better with money or somebody feels better yeah. caregiving or whatever it so is, you call all the, the insurance companies, you do all that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'll carry her to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So should adult children equally share the emotional and physical responsibility? I mean, if you can, is, fine, yeah. but that's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. More look at who has the skills to do what. And I think it's okay to, to communicate the need for recognition of the work that you're putting in. When I told my brothers, Hey, I really need you guys to just like, say thank you or recognize like what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. They did mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but it they needed to know and they needed to, you know, yeah. A little help in that department. <laughs> okay. Next okay. question. We have, we have a few minutes left. What else? Oh my we... God. What? We got through like three I know. questions. We're we, going to have we, to do a sibling part two. The whole, I know, I know, I know. this is our fault. We just can't it's stop fine. talking Maybe about it. Maybe it'll be relatable. Yeah. <laughs> So. One more, one more. Pick one. Okay. Okay, I get to pick? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, you know what? Here's a question that I that reminds me of a different question. Somebody asks, can older, si can older siblings affect your attachment style? Um, yes, but what I see actually more often is that okay. siblings, not just older siblings, but siblings in general affect your communication style and the way that you fight and argue. <laughs> so like oh. the first people that we're getting into fights with, whether it's just like sharing <laughs> our toys, which we all hate. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we hate sharing our toys, especially with siblings is because when we're just little babies, even like pre-conscious, like we're not even like aware of what's going on. But when we're just little babies, our toys are the only thing we have. That is the only mm -hmm. thing we have power over are our toys. So if this fucking piece of shit sibling is coming to fuck with my toys, fuck you. Like there's, yes. I'm doing everything I possibly Bending can to protect. Stuff. I'm going to hit and scrape or cry or tell on you and be a fucking narc because that is my toy and that is my property and, and you're not going to get in the way of it. It's a biological thing. This is just like yeah. what little babies do. And we, we continue to be babies about it for uh, the rest of our lives. So like the like first people that we're getting in conflict with 
are our siblings. And if there's actually like good conflict resolution that happens, which basically never happens, but if there is like a parent or a caregiver there to be like, this is how you Mm -hmm. address conflict, you are fucking set up for a secure relationship. You are golden, my friend. And I hate you for it. I'm so jealous. This is Eli. His his family. I know. He's got the family. Like, I'm telling you, this is like the family where like we leave the party and like multiple people will text saying like, your parents are amazing. It's so nice to be around. Everybody feels better when they're around these people. And what his parents did is they said, it's kind of like our rules for ourselves. I'm not letting any of those children go to bed angry. They made them all work everything out. They made them all talk. They made them all reiterate their love for each other. They, they, and now they talk about everything and they work everything out and there's so much love and it's the best. Like, That's the thing. Oh. That's the secret. If you want to like, if you're like dating somebody and you want to figure out what their conflict resolution skills are like before you actually get into a fight, ask oh them what it's God. like with their siblings. It's that is hack. okay. You're blowing my mind with this because I never really thought about that in every when I get defensive in a fight, I get very, uh, what is Eli say? Assertive. Like I, my mm. tone changes to where all of a sudden I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. I know everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me tell you how it is. It is 100% oldest sibling mm-hmm. mode. Oh, yeah. It is not, a, it is, it is that. It is, mm-hmm. I am the oldest sibling and I'm about to discipline my younger brothers. That is how I fight in a relationship. Yeah. Oh my God. I need to get that in check. (laughs) That is one of the hardest things to change because it is. You're blowing my mind with this. I never, ever put this together, Jeff. Yeah. Ask all your clients about it. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting question to ask your clients and I'm writing that down too. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it sheds a lot of light on what your conflict resolution skills are. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's like one of the trickiest things to change because it was ingrained since you were like an infant, like that shit is so, and also we don't all really know about it. Right. So it's not something that we, yeah. That's what I was thinking about siblings. Like they're the people who know you the best, but also may know the least about you. Like other sides mm-hmm. of you, like how I don't mm-hmm. even know my brother's girlfriend, but <laughs> you know, I know exactly what kind of foods he ate from the ages of zero to, you know, yeah, exactly. still hasn't had canned tuna to this day. Oh, interesting. Isn't that weird? This is not the one on the spectrum either. <laughs> this is like not what is you there think. a reason for that? No, I, 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 he just got a different, culinary even experience that we did as little kids he was like the one who was like on his own the most so he like ate the same five things and didn't ever want to eat anything different than that and huh. yeah it doesn't there's a whole bunch of stuff he's never tried uh, he's never tried eggs cooked any other way than scrambled oh wow really missing out i know but we, it's a whole thing yeah it's a whole thing yes. okay well yeah we barely cracked all of these questions because uh, there's just like so much so many tangents that we can go on and we feel like it's so interesting so we'll do another episode yes we yeah. love this and uh, we love all your questions so keep those coming thank you guys so much and uh keep using our codes you guys are so wonderful for supporting our show that's how we keep these episodes coming keep the lights on and uh we'll see you next time on this change everything. 